0: Ant-Man, Ant-Man, does whatever an ant can. Guard him with any size. When he leaps, he just flies. Look out! Here comes the Ant-Man. He's a beast, he's a stud. He's got swagger in his blood. Fills the defense full of dread. Will he dump it on their head? Hey there! There goes the Ant-Man.
1: Episode one fifty nine of Wolves Cast, the show that also bought a professional sports team and broke up with a pop star. This week, it's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Yeah, just uh, had to say uh, farewell to Dua Lipa, Scott. That was it. Just decided it was time, and uh, I have, uh, I have uh, purchased uh, the melbourne
0: hawks or whatever no yeah. the iralara hawks word, from australia word got out she heard you were a wild one yeah
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> We just can't get enough of us singing we're just singing singing all the time That's we're right. gonna sing this whole episode it's gonna the be sun the musical came out
0: today after an overcast week and it's just a song yeah. spring forth from my heart gotta make the obvious jokes get all your a-rod jokes out all your j-lo jokes you know j-lo could be running around a timberwolves fan yep. you know a-rod yep. is uh Buying the team, and j is like, this is the final straw. I can't I can't stand by with how you're using your money.
1: Yeah, you're, you're purchasing some losers out here, so had to move on. But yeah, welcome back to Wolf's cast, it's everybody. It's a shame Cat
0: will never meet her. He was excited about that yeah. at the press conference. Yeah,
1: that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. They split. It's
0: so. a reality TV show connection, by the way. Um, oh. Meg told me that A-Rod allegedly cheated by hooking up with someone from the TV show Southern Charm. So uh-huh. once again, reality TV show stars getting, uh, worming their way into the Timberwolves business. Yeah, We'll yeah. keep you covered, everyone. Meg's got you covered.
1: Yeah, the TMZ side of things is uh, popping off the Timberwolves right now. So let's add to it. No big deal. Uh, but yeah, welcome to the show. Today on the show, we're going to, of course, talk about uh, the ownership news. It's huge news. It's enormous. It uh, it seems like it's finally happening. So we got to talk about that. And then uh, we are at the 75%, technically the 77%. Percent mark of the season, uh, so yeah, we're about three fourths of the way done. So we're going to look back at what has come before and uh, look forward at uh, you know what's going to happen here in this last uh, you know quarter of the season. We have a sponsor and we have a very special interview segment uh, today on the show. We're going to talk to none other than Dave Benz of Bally uh, Sports North. That's going to be really fun. Weekly wolfies fees in the game. It's all happening. Very special episode of Wolves cast. We're going to skip a week recap, Scott. We're doing a whole essentially the whole season recap in a way. So, who, you know, no need to talk about these uh last four games including two entire blowouts.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I want to say about this past week is just, you know, please stop killing my neighbors Minneapolis police, like Oh yeah. We're not going to put a lot of time on it today, but just like come on. You know, like this is such a disappointing thing to be happening again and again. And it really makes, you know, sports kind of worthless, like, who cares what happened in the past week? It's just, I'm so angry this is happening. Um, so, once again, justice for Dante Wright, I'm sure everyone knows about what's going on and checking that out, but, um, you know, if you're listening to this five years in the future, you can look up what kind of BS happened this week. So, That's right. um, yeah, the, you know, uh, I would uh, say some other stuff, but I'm going to watch my language, Neil. So, I uh, just wanted to acknowledge that and acknowledge that how messed up this is and, uh, just uh, I got I've got to hold back. I've got some really strong opinions on the matter. Yeah, so. Follow us on
1: Twitter for uh, for some more opinions on that. But yeah, lots of uh, very emotional week in the Twin Cities this week, and yeah, all the sports teams kind of treading lightly and changing their times. And it's been it's been wild. We got yeah, uh, who really
0: gonna... cares about wins or losses on week? Yeah, got use, you
1: know, yeah. When you got like military on the corners and stuff like that, definitely yeah. a weird time. But we're gonna do our best to you know try and uh, you know do do what we normally do and. Uh, put forth the show here. So, uh, yes, uh, uh, yeah, definitely uh, doing our best here to, to, yeah, try and talk about the Timberwolves in such a strange week. Right,
0: yeah. We're going to talk about Timberwolves because, you know, everyone has to do self-care. You pay attention to as much as you can, and then you take breaks and you do other stuff, and this might be something that you do on a break that you enjoy and kind of helps you relax or do something else. So we're just going to continue talking about it, but just know that it's weighing heavily on our hearts and on our minds this week. Here's the tip.
1: All right, the big news, the headline news, one of the biggest news, you know, items of the entire season uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves and uh, league-wide as well. I mean, it's been a long time coming, but it seems uh, that Glenn Taylor has found a uh, found a buyer. Uh, for his uh, beloved Timberwolves and Lynx franchises, and it's none other than uh, three-time MVP of Major League Baseball or AL MVP. AL MVP. It'd be the AL MVP. Uh, yeah. Alex Rodriguez.
0: That's not. That's weird that you prefaced it with that. Like of all the villain kind of things. Like also of all the like legendary things. Like he's like number six all time in home runs hit or something. I don't. In, I feel
1: like that's just like I don't. Know, that's where I. That's how I saw it put in places. Sure. It's sure. Just like, I don't no, I would
0: say like his records are or his MLB records are kind of the most. Impressive thing about him, but obviously, everyone knows him as pretty much besides Barry Bonds, the face of steroids and cheating in baseball. And he's one of the most polarizing players in Major League Baseball history. Um, But you know, he hasn't been that for a while. Uh, Anthony Edwards didn't know who he was, obviously. Alex Rodriguez, who's that? But that's because he hasn't been relevant in baseball for at least 10 years. Ant's only 19. So, you know, Ant was not even 10 years old the last time A Rod mattered to the world of baseball.
1: He's a broadcaster now. That's
0: right. And he's really a businessman. You know, shouts out to uh, you guys know how LeBron is more than just a player, he's a Mm -hmm. businessman. Mogul. That's why, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're getting, we're burying the lead a little bit. Him and Mark Laurie are, you know, purchasing the team. And, you know, a lot of times when you see something like this, it's like Justin Timberlake owns 1%. Of the Memphis Grizzlies, or something like yeah. that, where you get someone famous, or you get a star athlete like Aaron Rodgers owns a small piece of the Bucks, you know, and um, so sometimes you see the athlete involved, and you're like, well, he actually doesn't have the capital to be like a major owner. He only is basically yeah. here for this, you know, put a face on the ownership group, exactly. And this is not the case with A Rod because he not only made a bunch of money in baseball, but he's been a very successful investor, businessman since those days. I'd say that's what he's known for now. He's on Shark Tank and doing stuff with business. That's how he's rebranded very successfully as a businessman. So. So um, he has actually got the money to, you know, he doesn't he has a mark Laurie money, but he's got <laughs> enough money that he will be a major owner when, uh, you know, if and when this all goes through.
1: He doesn't have that uh, diapers.com money, no, you know, no. that, that Lori has. Well, without. Laurie was Wall, also Walmart, like VP, Walmart, yeah. I was about to
0: say, yeah. Also, yeah, A-Rod, I was listening to a pod earlier today about it, and it was just like, A-Rod, you know, he can say whatever he wants, but there's, there's probably not a less trustworthy man <laughs> than in sports than A-Rod over the past wow. whatever years, but... Still, uh, he, he has had a very successful rebranding, being, like, the villain of the baseball world to now being, like, yeah. oh, he dates J-Lo. J- Not anymore, but, like, oh, he's on yeah. the he's TNT post celebrity. game shows yeah. during playoffs. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what I asked you about. As soon as this all came down, I was I was just, like, texting you. And I was, like, what is the deal with were Last I knew, you, he was, like, a pariah for this, like, cheating, like, uh, PED thing. But, yep. like... It's the end. It's been so long, and yeah, I guess like you know the Shark Tank, and it's really you know, like a Kobe it, level ESPN rebrand. Or is MLB TV? Uh, he was on.
0: It's TNT, TNT, TBS, Okay, TBS Turner, and TNT okay, cool. when they do the post game. Okay, cool. He's yeah. a post game show with David Ortiz, another steroid user, and Frank Thomas.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're
0: always really entertaining. He's engaging. He's really good on TV. You know, he's yeah. well spoken. He, he's he got a lot of great stories. You know, he cleans up really nice, looks good in a suit. Like, yeah. like I said, it's like a Kobe level of rebranding yourself. Like he has sure. completely taken that image and changed it in a way that like Barry Bond should take notes of. You yeah, know?
1: time heals all, I guess. Um, but yeah, they've signed a letter of intent to purchase the team for 1.5 billion dollars. And as part of that deal, um, you know, Glenn Taylor will stay around apparently until like 2023, um, you know, to kind of have a have a transition of power, you know, sort of sticking around. And then uh, in two years time, Glenn will take a backseat, A-Rod and Mark Laurie then will have full control. Apparently, Glenn would still then, you know, he, he will then become the Justin Timberlake of like, right. oh, yeah, I own 2% of this team sure. or something like that. You know, it's just for. It's hard to uh, let go. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so that's all very interesting. And, yeah, they got 30 days to hash out the details. But, uh, you know, Glenn's made the rounds on the media and saying all the right things. And, you know, says that this group is uh, what he's been looking for for a long time. So,
0: so it's, not, yeah. it's not finalized until it's done. But it seems like this is actually going to happen this time after yeah. a decade of starts and stops. You know, and Glenn pretty crazy, kind of just always kind of feeling out the market, which is kind of surprising that it happened, because my joke has always been like Glenn Taylor, every time he decides not to sell the team is the best business decision he makes because (laughs) the franchise value has jumped. This is the worst franchise in the league, and it's a $1.5 billion sale. And who knows, you know, when we were last talked about it, Glenn was allegedly leaving some money on the table if the team were, if the new owners would agree to keep the team in town he would discount the price you know a little bit so who knows if that factored in here but 1.5 billion at once like not close to like you know the clippers or the rockets sale price but once again this is minnesota yeah. this is Honestly, the worst franchise in NBA history. So, like, it's still a pretty nice chunk of change, especially after Glenn bought the team for like 88, you know, yeah. 88 million. That's <laughs> a good profit. So,
1: <laughs> pretty good profit there. And uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll see how all this goes. We'll see if things actually uh, get figured out here in the next 30 days. But the big talking point uh, that everybody wants to, you know, run to is oh, this means the team is leaving town, right? Uh, I guess that would kind of be the case no matter who bought the team, right? Like, everyone's like, oh, sure. uh, Rodriguez, an ex Mariner. The
0: the only way we know for sure the team would stay here is if there was a local owner. Right, who kept yes. It. But I don't even know who's like the local billionaire ads or something. That, the my Pillow guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the poll ads would be nice or something like that. that Some, have someone super local who we could trust to keep the team in town. But that's not the case. But I mean, it's not necessarily as bad as the Seattle situation where like the ownership group was a bunch of people who clearly wanted to move the team to Oklahoma City. They're they were like city, the yeah. group of people who like got the Hornets to go there when yeah. Hurricane Katrina happened. Like that was a little bit more on its face. Like we want this team to move. Whereas A-Rod and Mark Lord I think they're in it for the money. They're not in it to like, move the team to Seattle or anything. I love people being like, A Rod played his first years of his career in Seattle. So yeah. that means he wants to bring him to Seattle. It's yeah. like. Connect the dots. Is, is Kevin Love going to bring a team to Minnesota, you know, just because he played his first few years <laughs> yeah, here? It's like yeah. saying that. Like, A Rod and Seattle don't have any uh, love for each other, you That's, know, especially with the way things ended there.
1: So, yeah, everyone's saying the right things. Probably they're going to put it into the contract. The team can't be moved. But uh, Glenn was on uh, Chad Hartman's show on WCCO this week. And I think. I think he um, you know he said a lot of things that really really uh, relieved a lot of my fears about this whole movement thing uh, so I'd like to play that it's about a 90 second clip and it's it's Glenn um, explaining sort of how the Seattle and then the Vegas bit of all this is probably going to come in and, and by his words have has already been decided that this is going to be new expansion. It's not going to be a team moving from one market to another. When this happens, um, it'll, it'll, it'll be a brand new team. So um, I'm going to play that clip right here. Check it out.
2: So let me explain how that works. Number one, we have it in the contract. They have signed the contract uh, to do that. But let's just say that somehow they were able to break that agreement. So the real agreement is with the NBA. So the NBA uh, will make the decision if somebody's going to move or not move. The NBA will not approve of the Timberwolves moving from here to Seattle. It's in the NBA's interest that in Seattle that a new team is formed. It's the economic decision that's in the interest of all of the owners, because if they start a new team out there, that team is going to have to pay maybe $2 billion to get started out there. And uh, and they pay those to the other owners. The present owners are not going to pay a billion and a half to leave it in Minnesota and then an additional $2 billion to move it out there. That's the way it's really going to go down. That's the assurance that I have that it isn't uh, that they aren't going to move it out there. Economically, it doesn't make sense for the other owners or for them to do that. Would
1: it help if Adam Silver came out and said that publicly?
2: No, it isn't going to change any difference. We've already had the discussion as owners. I mean, I'm on the committee. I know that. We've had the Mm -hmm. discussion within the owners group of what we're going to do and what the future holds for those uh, franchises. So, I'm not worried about it. Adam and Adam uh, uh, will be in line and in tune with the other owners.
0: So this is my first time hearing that clip. Yeah. And my first question after hearing it is Is Glenn naive or is he a liar? Does he really think we're that stupid or is he that stupid?
1: I think he just knows. He was literally the chairman of all these owners for a long time. He's just like, We've had these meetings already, you know? So it seems like he's just assuring us. It's like, We've already been down this path. Like, there's already a plan for all these things. So, us lay people out here, we are not privy to these things that have already happened. And I think it's, yeah, I mean, maybe he's mistaken and, and it's not such of a sure thing as it is. That's well, what doing. It's be like one of those of. things
0: where, like, like, yes, it makes sense that the owners – adding, expanding and adding new owners means that there's more of a buy-in. Uh, like he was saying, like it would be like $2 billion into, into the owners and they all get to divvy up Split that money. It, yeah. But like maybe the owners decide, you know what, we like splitting things 30 ways and not 32 ways. So maybe we want to keep the league at 30 owners, in which case then we're back to the, the starting deal. So I think it's easy. I think despite what anyone's saying – if you think that Timberwolves are guaranteed to stay here, you're, no. Yeah. You know, but you know. I'm just saying, I feel a lot Fooling better yourself.
1: having sort of understood these things a little bit more. And it's not like just so hopeful. It's just like, no, there's right. literally been discussions about this at the ownership level. There
0: is logic. And most importantly, there's a financial incentive to stay here. And I think that money talks ultimately yeah. in business. So if the, if the money is stay here, then I think that we will stay here because unlike, like I say, in the OKC group, there's no, there's no part of A-Rod who's hell bent on, or Mark Laurie who are hell bent on tape. Taking it to their hometown or whatever, you right. know. So, um, I think there's reasons to be optimistic for Wolves fans, but I think that anyone who's telling you that the team is guaranteed to stay here doesn't have doesn't know what they're saying. Yeah, you know, there's no way you can guarantee that. You know, there's no provision you can put in the contract that means they. You know, what happens if they sell the team? Glenn Taylor gets to own it again. You know, or you know, it's I like I wonder.
1: Yeah, apparently that's going to be in there too, but I don't know how. Yeah, how that is or how they'll be enforced, but apparently like. Uh, all the sort of like things will be in place to make this hard to do, but yeah, anybody hell bent on moving the team could do it.
0: You yeah, know? So, I'm, so I don't think there's any assurances that I'll stay here. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's a lot of reasons why Wolves fans don't have to worry about that quite so quickly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I'm sure this is something we'll be talking about, you know, over the next few weeks as more comes to light, and hopefully as this deal gets. Uh, gets finalized here before the season's over. I mean, 30 days, we'll still be in the season. So I think that's kind of interesting. That'll, you know, Yeah. Really-
0: it's interesting because 30 days, but also two and a half years, you know, it's all yeah, those things that yeah, even if it gets right. done, you know, Glenn's going to be the majority owner for the next two and sure. a half years, which yeah. is, he's not going anywhere. Most of Kat's remaining contract and yeah. Rosas' remaining contract. So it lines up with a lot of things, but I would just say my takeaway from this is you know I'm cautiously optimistic I think that yeah. obviously it's I've been explaining to people you know how do Timberwolves mm-hmm. fans feel about Glenn Taylor it's a love-hate relationship yeah. we hate him because he's he's been the reason the chief yeah. reason why we're the worst franchise in sports history but he's also the only reason the team is still in Minnesota so you know yeah. it's a love-hate thing I'd rather have a bad team here than a good team somewhere else you know I feel like a lot of Timberwolves fans feel the same way so I get the worry I mean it's definitely the most existential threat to the Timberwolves Wolves, you know for the past decade has been can the team stay here um so i'm not worried about them leaving i'm optimistic that a new ownership will and it's hard to see them being worse than glenn taylor as an owner you know so i i'm optimistic to see how this is going i just don't think anyone should feel like oh yeah glenn glenn guaranteed it we're safe we can trust glenn you know he's heating up all right. Next up, we need to talk about
1: uh, the the thirty. Uh, excuse me the the three fourths of the way through the season, uh, mark that we're at, and uh, sixteen games left. This ooh, season. 16 left, and uh, we gotta look back on what has come before, Scott. So, what is uh, what are our what are our breakdowns of uh, the record? Well,
0: this is seventy seven percent through the season for okay. a reason because we can't break them up neatly. I broke yeah. it up into because if uh, if you were breaking the season into quarters, it'd be eighteen games a piece. So I, I have our record for the first eighteen games of the season. We were four and fourteen. For the second eighteen games of the season, we were three and fifteen. Oof. And then the last sampling instead of eighteen games, it's twenty games, just because we're a little bit over yeah. that, that mark. The last twenty games of the season, we've been seven and thirteen. So this third quarter, if, you know, this is a game where you just finished up the third quarter, and it's been the best quarter. We came out of halftime looking strong after a very bad first half. You know, that's something Wolves fans can understand <laughs> after this past couple of weeks, yeah. where we get off to big deficits in the first half, and then somehow. Claw our way back to lose by only five points or something like that. We're coming out strong. There's a good halftime speech. Uh, Chris Finch has been uh, doing some exciting things. I think, you know, it, we're all raining our hands about us winning too much, maybe, or we're going to get out of that lottery uh-oh, spot. Uh-oh. But it has been encouraging to see just the new offense, just uh, what Chris Finch has been able to bring to the table. And we're getting entertaining games out of these Timberwolves after watching them for the first half of the season just look dead in the water.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Good point. Yeah, that's, it's definitely been easier to watch here in the last few weeks. Weeks and uh, some competitive games and those types of things. But in this season, I mean, I feel like it's almost normal for Wolves fans to have such a disjointed season. Yeah. But here we go again. I mean, it's it's uh, just once. I mean, we had it, I guess, with, with kind of like Butler that one year where it was like, all right, it's kind of a solid season where things are normal throughout. But the last two years have just been upheaval. I mean, you think right. about last year and missing towns and then all the trades, like nine, ten guys traded. So you can't even look back at the year and with any sort of continuity. Mm-hmm. And then this year, obviously every team, is going through a big mess, but with the wolves, with the coaching change, are they are they the only team to make a coaching change this year? I think so.
0: no. I mean, Atlanta's been doing great since they yeah, let yeah. Uh, they Lord, had one Lord yep. Pierce. Pierce
1: yep, yeah, they have Nate McMillan now. Yep, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So you know, but that's still big. You know, they have many big personnel moves except for the head coach, but that's huge. So it's really hard because yeah, those first you know well, it's well, it's like, how many games did Ryan coach this year? Like like thirty five or something. Like that first time was right. just like. I guess it does matter. And it's like, it's technically part of this season, but it's not really instructive
0: uh, for the rest of this year. Different chapters in a book, really. The first chapter was. I mean, if you want to get really specific, the first two games of the season, you know, undefeated, Cat, full team healthy, woo Yeah, But after that, it was like chapter one was without Cat, playing without Cat. We get introduced to Malik and Anthony Edwards and D'Lo, D-Lo yeah. all playing together. And then chapter two, Malik's gone, D'Lo's gone, or D'Lo's gone, Malik's there for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. e- each section of the season has had, like, different who's healthy of our big guys, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's hard. That's super weird to deal with. And, yeah, it just makes it tough to kind of look back with any sort of certainty of like, oh, here's here's... Here's here's the trends because again so much has changed but you know the team has been you know they've been one of the worst teams throughout this entire year and you know they're finally trying to come out of that right now I think there's a number of teams potentially even like five teams that are playing worse than them right now which is something you really couldn't say for a lot of the other parts of the year and the Wolves still have the second worst record in the league now but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just saw yeah. on
0: the Bally Bar yesterday, the Bally they bar. Bar, it said Houston Rockets lost 30 of their past 33. Yeah, 33. like, oh, they, 30, coming. They're, they're coming. They're under, coming. They're underneath us now, I think. Uh, no, we're still half a game okay. behind them. They okay. have the same amount of victories we do, but got we have one more loss than that. Got them, it. So. Yeah, they are They they're, will, they're pass, us. They will yeah. pass us. They will pass us. They got
1: Christian Wood back, but John Wall in and out of the lineup and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been tough. I mean, the, the defense has been bad. The offense has been bad. The best players have been out of the lineup. I mean, it's just... It's just basically has gone as poorly as you would have of of thoughts, except for, you know, I think the lone bright spots have been the rookies, right? You know, having Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, look, uh, look better than I think expected. That's kind of weird to say for a number one pick, but you know, we all had our guards up. We're all unsure of how, you know, his first season would be as a rookie. It's always hard. And then Jaden McDaniels is one of the, the biggest surprises, the biggest steals of the first round um, playing so well. So I think those are two things you can point to. And, you know, obviously Towns has played well. Um, um, for the most part of the year. And now Delo's been playing very well since he's returned. So there's been like. Small bright
0: spots. I think Finch has been in a bright yes. spot, especially you know D'Lo coming back off the bench, off the ball, off the ball. You know? I love it. It's so fun. I and love So it. Uh, I think Finch is a very encouraging. Like I can't wait to see what yeah. he does with a full summer to get all of his system implemented. I, I'm yeah. very excited to see what this team will look like under him next season. But I think this is also something that Wolves fans are used to. I have this post on Reddit that says "shoot or shoot." It's a graphic that says Anthony Edwards has taken the most shot attempts in the league <laughs> since the All Star break, <laughs> and I commented, "Whatever we got to do to keep the pick reminds me of the Zach Levine." point guard experience that got us Towns and then someone replied to me Levine point guard brought us Towns Culver Wiggins point guard brought us Edwards Edwards point guard will bring us dot 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 Kate (laughs) so we're all familiar you know with the idea of running out a lost season by giving your rookie the most shot attempts in the league if he wants it and you say this is a learning experience for him and we're also shooting our way to that pick win
1: win 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 right there but
0: it is encouraging you know Ant is showing skills he's developing he's looking better as as the season goes on and it's really encouraging because rookies hit the wall usually you know the rookie yeah. wall and ant had even less games in college because of the covid stoppage of play so the fact that ant seems to still be gaining speed gaining uh, you know new skills understanding yeah. the game even better it's been really encouraging same with jaden
3: too
1: yeah totally all right um that's looking back let's uh let's see let's look forward let's see what's next
2: he's on fire
1: yes uh what's next for the final 16 games of this season i felt
0: like this week might be a little bit of a preview the, yeah, about, just about. the Nets and the Bucks games, uh, which the Nets are up by 40. The Bucks was also a blowout, up by 30 most of the game. Yeah. Where it's not like, you know, we've seen a lot of games where the Wolves get in a big deficit, but then come back and get it close. And I feel like <laughs> what we saw this week might be more of what we see for the rest of the season, where guys are just checked out, you know, especially if we're absences. Gonna, yeah, we yeah. might find some reasons to give some of our better players absences. You know, I mean, Ant will play every game because he wants to win Rookie of the Year. But like, yeah. I think that if Carl wants any time off, we'll be more than accommodating for him. And, and so on so it's yeah. same with Delo so I think that we will probably see more games like the Nets game over these remaining 16 than not you know
1: yeah exactly so basically the wolves have exactly a month left okay their last game of the season is May 16th so depending on when you're listening to this that's that's right about now so a uh, month left of, of Tim rolls basketball and that's uh,
0: uh isn't like the first time ever the wolves and the Lynx have back-to-back games yeah <laughs> because right uh, here
1: on the 14th and 15th yeah, uh, the, the Lynx wolves will play are... on the 14th and the wolves will play the Celtics at home on the 15th so that'll be fun uh, just change the court out I guess you're exactly. good to go um, but yeah, so you know I guess at this point of the year you know it's all about uh it's all about uh, you know just a little bit of again with the finch changeover it's it's a little bit different than in normal sort of uh, tanking seasons I guess where uh, there's a little bit uh incentive to and especially how the wolves have you know been so injured this year yeah. um you know it's not necessarily all about the race to the bottom, although that is going to be a big focus uh, they need to lose as many games as possible here. But they're still in an, evalu- uh, you know, an evaluation um, time here where they need to be figuring out what they have. Chris Finch and his staff need to be um, trying to decide what guys they want to go with and potentially go away from uh, this summer. So it's, it's a little bit different than, than a lot of years in that kind of way. So I'm excited to sort of see how the lineups play out, how some of the you know, different roles change and play sets that happen, because these are things that are going to matter f- um, for the team going
0: forward. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, we talked about, do I want to go to a game this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about the reasons why, it might, maybe not. Um, not the least of which is the cost and, you know, my employment status. But I think one thing I was wondering is like, oh, maybe I do want to go see Ant play one game. That's right. The question rookie is, year. Rookie Ant. You, you never know at the end of the season which games you're seeing a player play his last games in a Timberwolves yeah. jersey, you yeah, know? Yeah, Rubio we maybe. Got, we've got guys under contract for next year, but we know with Rosas, that's no guarantee they'll be around. So it's like, I, it's unlikely this is going to be the last games we see Cat playing in a Timberwolves jersey, and it yeah. seems unlikely it's the last games we'll be seeing Anthony Edwards playing a Timberwolves jersey. But you never know what kind of blockbuster trade may be made over the summer, so it's one of those things where you definitely want to appreciate these games because you know it feels like a lot of these guys are locked up like Nas and stuff like that. But you never know who could get flipped in a deal over the summer, so it's always yeah. one of those things that I try to appreciate in the final few games of a season, being like, is this the last time I'm going to see you know McLaughlin in a jersey, <laughs> McDaniel in a jersey? Who knows? So could be appreciate it while you can
1: but yeah we'll be looking at uh we'll be looking at that we'll be seeing who uh yeah who fits together can we get d-low in towns and edwards all playing together for a little you know some of the stretch here and um yeah and then it's the race to the bottom it's degrade for cade you know that's our new segment we'll be coming we'll be coming in and out of that uh last month of the year here but Hey, they got. They just got to be in that bottom three. So uh, you know, it's probably going to be them and the Rockets, and maybe like Detroit or something like that. I think it'll be so, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit.
0: Orlando's making a push. Oh we'll yeah, see. they'll be there too. I so, think the Thunder have won too many games, though. Right, right, right. So those are those are the threats,
1: and we'll do some more degrade for Kid later on in the year. But uh, yeah, that's what it's all about. Looking forward. So we'll see what the rest of the, uh, this season is for the Timberwolves, and uh, we'll take it from there. But uh, yeah, that's our that's our. Uh, Three fourths of the way. Also, the another
0: you know five six weeks of Wolves Cast pods before Woo! we take a summer break. So, also be sure to check that out. You know that's something to look forward to. What we're are we going to be here, no matter what? And then we'll switch over to Link Dynasty. Oh mode yeah, next links. time. Yep, recording. Can't this wait during, for that season
1: during the WNBA draft. It'll be so good.
0: All right, cool. Let's uh, let's get to our
1: sponsor. We have uh, an amazing sponsor here today, as we do every single episode of Wolves Cast. So let's jump right into that. Way back in 2004, the world of tiny caffeine beverages was revolutionized by 5-Hour Energy. The two-ounce energy shot delivered overnight workers, truck drivers, and night owls a blast of caffeine to help them stay alert and awake.
0: Today we're happy to tell you about the latest offering from the 5-Hour Energy family. Presenting 48-Minute Energy, this new and improved formula is specifically created for professional athletes who need to be at their best at inopportune times. The modern elite
1: athlete is a finely tuned and well-oiled machine. Any alteration to their daily routine can result in massive negative consequences. That's where 48-Minute Energy comes in toss back just one shot and your body will be ready for up to 48 minutes of high-level
0: NBA action. The world is an unpredictable place, but professional athletes are expected to do their job at any time of the day. So the next time you're at a truck stop, check out 48 Minute Energy and turn your afternoon nap into a victory lap.
1: Thank you to 48 Minute Energy for their support of Wolf's cast. And up next, time to interview Dave Benz. All right, we are back, and it is, uh, it is a very special episode of Wolves Cast because uh, right now uh, we have a, an interview segment uh, with an illuminary of the Timberwolves community. Uh, you've uh, heard his voice uh, countless number of times, so many times, so many games over the years. Um, and uh, hey, uh, for a long time, this was uh, this was someone who worked for uh, Fox Sports, but no more. We are we are speaking to someone who is employed by Bally Sports North. Please welcome to the program none other than Dave Benz. Dave, welcome to the show.
3: Good to be here, man. You, you threw me with the luminary, but uh, other than that, <laughs> the intro was on point.
1: All right, there we go. Yes, we got bally sports. You've only messed up like once on the broadcast, so I think that's, uh, yeah, that's you pr- got a, that's you've pretty got a good,
3: good counter going. Yeah, I, I <laughs> did, yeah, one time, which I would have totally taken the over, man. I would have, you know, I would have put the over under by now at being at least like seven or eight, but. Uh, I'm pretty happy with one to this point.
1: Now, do you feel comfortable, like in your personal life, like saying it? Does it does it not? Does it, is it normal now that you are you are bally sports north, or um, you know, it's still something you need to remind yourself of? Have the post it note and all that stuff.
3: Uh, I mean, honestly, I I just don't even think about it. <laughs> it's, like, it's not. Yep. It's not something that has impacted my personal life in any way. As long as the checks keep coming in. I'm happy to say Bally sports. The hardest thing about belly sports is just that when you say it fast, Bally sports, it sounds like you're saying ballys. So yep. you mm-hmm. got, you got to like, kind of, kind of pause in between Bally sports. So it's that, that part's kind of, uh, little bit tough but other than that it's you know not not that not as tough of a deal as i thought maybe it was gonna be do
0: you have like a bunch of old fox sports north like merch that you have to in your closet now that you're just like i don't know where i'm gonna wear this anymore
3: (laughs) um you know actually i probably have more twins fox sports north merch than timberwolves fox sports north uh, north merch because i did um you know, I've, I've done twin screen post-game shows over the years, and there would be days that we would wear polos. So they gave me a lot of twins polos with the Fox Sports North logo. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I actually have any merch. That, the only thing I did, Jim, Marnie, and I, we all, at the after our last Fox Sports broadcast, we did all, uh, you know, I'm not going to use the word steel, but uh, we did appropriate <laughs> uh, the mic flags that we were using, and uh, mine is sitting in my office.
1: All right, there you go. You got a little uh, a little collector's item, and yeah, I mean, you might want to hang on to that. But I suppose all the other things, uh, that, those are that's big bucks on eBay. Okay, so you can uh, you know just you know list them there and get thousands of dollars per per polo shirt. I think. I mean, those are out of print now, so I think you might have some uh, some valuable items on your hand there.
3: Dude, you're you're way more optimistic than me. I mean, if somebody wants something for me a thousand bucks, I'll give them the collection.
1: <laughs> yes, they,
0: Neil, Neil's always on eBay bed, uh, bidding on like I'm old looking. wolves jerseys or like Disney gear, so he knows the market. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll look out for you and I'll report back based on what uh, you might be able to get for that uh, there, Dave. Um, but speaking of differences from this year, you uh, this is a whole different kind of season uh, in the whole world in general, but uh, specifically in sports broadcasting. Um, you know, this usually you're you're you're, uh, you know, you're sitting courtside uh, home games, and then you're on the team playing. You're you're flying from city to city, going to all the games, sitting close. Um, but this year has been very different. You have to uh, – you know, you're still in the building for tar- uh, Target Center for Timberwolves games, but you're kind of calling it from the top of the lower level, as I understand it, and then you don't get to go on the road at all. So those games you just got to call looking at a TV screen like the rest of us. But well, what, as it's – you know, we've, we've gotten through a lot of this season now. What are sort of the big differences and and uh, what do you kind of miss most, I guess, from, from being so close to the action uh, in years past?
3: Uh, well – I mean, first of all, it's harder to do my job. There's no question. You know, I mean, when I'm courtside and I can kind of interact with the players, the coaches, and especially the the officials, um, you know, both pregame and, and, and during the game. Um, and honestly, some of the best nuggets that I get to be able to use in the broadcast are things that I get when I talk to the players, like, you know, while they're out there for warmups, those 15 minutes from when they come up, you know, come out to start warming up to when we go on the air, because, a lot of the other times, you know, e- even before COVID, the, the open locker room sessions and the media sessions, it's, you know, players are guarded with what they're going to say. And, you know, it's it's a lot different being the team broadcaster and they know that I'm not just a regular media guy. So they're willing to talk to me more, but if there's other people around, they're going to be more guarded with things they might say. So um, I, I get, you know, so much great stuff right before the game starts. So to not be on the court, that kind of hurts the broadcast in that regard. And then to not be able to talk to the officials and be able to maybe get an explanation on something that I saw in a game the night before or a couple of days before, you know, all that is just, it's it's just made the broadcasting extremely hard. And then, you know, when you're calling a game you know, on the road, when the games are on the road and you're calling off of the TV. Now I do have the benefit of having, I got the setup that Jim and I have, I've tweeted it out before, but the setup that Jim and I have, we have a couple of big screens in front of us and we have about six or seven different camera angles that are up all at one time simultaneously. So I can look and at least, you know, get a different view of something else that is happening besides what the people at home are seeing. So, you know, a lot of times I'll be able to at least be able to see the scores table. You might be seeing a tight shot of Carl Anthony towns as he's walking up to the free throw line. But I can on a different camera see you know at the scorer's table that somebody's ready to check in, or you know if a play is going down the floor and somebody's back on the other end of the court and they're you know buckled over. I can kind of see that. So it, it's not it's not just calling it the way that the fans at home are seeing it, but it's also not being in the arena. You do miss a lot, and I can't tell you how many times. Um, I'm thinking RJ Barrett and Alfred Payton jump jump to mind. Like, I think one is six and one is nine. I think Peyton is nine and Baird is six. And when we play the Knicks, it's, you know, they're they're very similar sized guys, similar physique. Um, and that six and the nine, when it's moving fast, sometimes it's just, it's tough to distinguish. So, the, the, and I'm just using that as an example because it's jumping to mind. But there are occasions where you get crossed up on a guy and you call the wrong player and you know, as a broadcaster, you hate that. You feel like an idiot when you, something like that happens. But, it, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can. It's an un, unusual situation. My fear is that not just myself, but my broadcasting brethren, my fear is that we've done it too well. Um, and that at the end of the day, the powers that be are going to be, well, you know what? Look at all the money we saved with not sending these guys on the road. And even though they can go back now, maybe this is the way we just keep doing it. I feel like the broadcast suffer. I feel like not only does the broadcast suffer in terms of, Hey, you might mess up a player, but you know, a lot of the other stuff I get when I'm, you know, when I'm on the team plane, when I'm in the hotel, uh, I get a chance to interact with the guys. I see what's going on with them, I have a chance to have off the cuff conversations so you eliminate that stuff. That's going to make it tough. And then, you know, personally, listen, I love Minneapolis, but I am not a winter guy. I didn't grow mm-hmm. up here, <laughs> and, and yeah. it's uh, and and the Twin Cities are amazing. I I mean, I, I'm so happy now that winter is just about over, and uh, I can get outside, and I'm really looking forward to spring. But man, this is the first time I've ever been here for the entire winter, <laughs> and I can tell you that I I don't know if I really uh, I don't know if I really want to have to do that next season. It'd be nice. I love those trips to Miami and Phoenix and LA to break it up uh, selfishly. You know, those are things that, that I look forward to. And listen, I know everybody, uh, uh, just because people are from Minnesota doesn't mean they, they're crazy about winter. Everybody kind of tolerates it, but you know, people are working for 3M. They can, they can schedule a two week break in February if they want and get out of, get out of here and go, you know, have a nice vacation it's you know the, listen the games aren't going to stop so we got to keep going and uh, you know but hey at the end of the day I get to broadcast basketball games for a living so cry me a river right I mean I'm uh, I, I'm very blessed to be able to do what I do and um I appreciate every single day the opportunity that I have to to be able to you know call basketball games and if having to put up with you know a couple of cold days during the winter is the worst thing I have to do in life then uh, I, I'll, I still feel pretty good about the way things are going
0: yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, I think that, man, it would be terrible if they didn't put you guys back on the road because I don't know. I think Neil and I probably watch the broadcast a little bit more carefully than most people just because we tune into every single game and watch every minute of it. There's Even like this week, there's no tuning out when we're down by 40 or anything. We're always there for every minute of the broadcast. But like... I guess, you know, I've been able to tell a difference and I think you guys have done a really great job, like you said, but like, there is just like, like you said, stuff that you miss when you're not there on the court and just like some insight that I feel like, you know, it is better when you're there. So I I would really hate it if they didn't send you back on the road. Cause I think you're right. that You get a lot out of that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and only time is going to tell, I have no idea what the, I I am optimistic that the plan is to get us back on the road, but you know, we'll see whether or not that actually comes to fruition.
1: Yeah, you have to hope that the you know the people making that decision you know aren't just certain you know like you're saying looking at the you know the price of the plane tickets and all the hotel rooms and stuff, and instead are looking at the bigger picture. And hopefully, we're maybe even broadcasters themselves at some point or journalists themselves, and could you know look at that and see see a little bit uh, the details and uh, understand that uh, being within earshot of the court is you know good for some uh, different observations and not like all that stuff you're saying so hopefully uh yeah the people making these decisions uh have a little bit of understanding of of uh you know and some uh s- some vision to kind of understand that those things are very important but yeah m- but hey for one year you can you can do it you can uh skip your skipper your trips to uh phoenix and all that good stuff but uh, i will
3: say listen I didn't, I didn't the one the one silver lining was i definitely did not mind waking up in the same bed every day like that <laughs> yeah. part was nice and even though when we travel We travel amazingly well and we're staying at Ritz Carlton's in four seasons and I got no complaints about any of that. But, you know, there's there's something to be said for waking up in your own bed every single day and actually being able to buy groceries and uh, not, you know, and being able to eat them before they go bad by the time you're back from a road trip.
0: Yeah, I think the science has found that subconsciously, if you're sleeping in a new bed, your your body doesn't get the same amount of rest because your body realizes it's somewhere new. And so it's not necessarily as comfortable. So it does affect your sleep and stuff, I think, even scientifically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- um, cool. So,
1: you know, we're this episode we're talking about, you know, again, being at the three-fourths uh, way through the season. 75% of the season has happened. Um, just looking at what you've seen on the court um, this year, just, I don't know, what are your main takeaways as far as how the team has performed and kind of uh, battled through this this very strange season with absences and no fans in the buildings and stuff like that? Um, just at, at this point, looking back, like, what sticks out to you most about the Timberwolves and, uh, yeah, how, how would you uh, – Uh, How would you classify how this uh, year has gone so far?
3: I mean, you know, they say April showers bring May flowers, right? Well, we've been (laughs) having April showers for a heck of a season. So I'm just hoping that, you know, the May flowers are coming next year. And by, you know, by that, I'm kind of saying, hey, Jaden McDaniels played more than anybody was ever expecting to see him play. Uh, Anthony Edwards, I think people expected to see him play a ton, but they did. They expect him to see. You expect to see him getting up twenty shots a game with regularity in his rookie year. Uh, I don't know that anybody really necessarily expected that. So this team has had to put players into situations where they have had to learn on the fly. And my hope is that it is going to ultimately be for the betterment of this team. And uh, you know, at some point, I mean, <laughs> we we all know Minnesota sports, so. You you just, when you say it can't get any worse, it finds a way to get worse. So I'm reluctant to say that, you know, we've we've hit the bottom in terms of the the luck contingent um, with injuries and whatnot. So you know, something can always be around the corner, but you'd like to think at some point, the law of averages is going to come into play. And this team is going to have a season where they're going to be blessed with, you know, incredibly good health. And they're going to have a bunch of guys that are going to be able to play 75 78 games um, and, and that when that day comes this team is going to be well suited because of all the experiences that they went through trying to get through a season like this so that's my my first take and you know my second take is that you know I, I really man I'm excited about Anthony Edwards I, I you know, there's a lot of areas that he needs to get better in still and you know he needs to mature into the game and not complain about calls and he needs to consistently get back on defense but and he needs to not love it fall in love with the three-point shot and realize that you know sometimes maybe if you're gonna if you're attacking and you're being successful it's not a good idea to switch it up is that something and chris finch even said that in a, in a pregame press conference the other day that he feels like you know anthony He may go to the, go to the hole like four or five times and have successful and then kind of be like, okay, well, let me see if my three point shot is working. And it's like, why would you do that when you're, when you're having great success attacking? Um, I think he's going to mature and I'm, I'm super excited about watching him and, and seeing what the ceiling can be for him. Um, you know, he's got this steel streak going and he's got great instincts defensively. And once the, you know, once the. Consistency with making sure that he's dialed in all the time defensively comes. I think that he could be a very good, you know, above average defender. Um, the offensive game is obviously ridiculously good, and having a chance to actually see D'Lo and Cat together, um, you know, you know they played four games together, and then Cat, you know, that was the the crazy thing about this week. Cat ended up missing two games. I don't know that he, I don't know if he would have missed any games had. Uh, you know, this, this had Monday. I I don't know if he was going to play Monday night or not. I know Tuesday was probably scheduled for him to be off all the time because there was a memorial for his mother. It was the anniversary of her passing. And then they moved Wednesday to a day game. So, well, I can't say definitively. I have a suspicion that had that game not got moved to a day game, he probably would have played had it been a night game. So it was unfortunate he ended up missing two games. But there, there's a lot to like about this team. You know, I mean, they they've shown that that they have the capability to be a good squad. Clearly the record does not show that. And, um, you know, you you can find a lot of flaws, but there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about what the future could hold if this team could ever be able to consistently have some good luck in the health department.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I completely agree with you. And I think that there's been a lot of encouraging signs and Ant's development from game one to, you know, whatever game we're on now, 56 or something. And I think that sometimes with rookies or players of any kind, you see what they're doing and you say, well, he needs to make adjustments. And sometimes you have to wait till the offseason for them to make adjustments. And then next year you hope he can do it. We've been able to see Ant make adjustments throughout the season. I feel like every 10 games he's kind of a different player just because he's been growing and, you know, developing his game so much. I thought it was interesting, though, you brought up the steel. Strip streak that is something that you know we've definitely been watching and is very encouraging you know anything that you can put in you know another feather in your cap for the rookie of the year campaign is a good thing but I was wondering like when it comes to streaks and stuff like that how much is that is you tracking it and your interest and you bringing it up or how much of that is like the stats guys in the truck being like oh this is Carl Anthony Towns blank consecutive game with a three-pointer made let's bring that up
3: well, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's probably both, but it's probably more me and it's probably not the people in the truck. It's, you know, it's, it is stuff that we track. We have meetings before the games and, you know, the team, they put out game notes and um, I mean, I, I just am a sponge when it comes to my pregame prep. I, you know, constantly reading and reading everything I can and looking at videos and listening to, you know, podcasts and interviews. I just try to, be as prepared as I can. So if something is interesting to me, I, and then I bring it up. And it is funny because there have been times that, and, and I, think we, I think we play off each other. There have been times, there have been things that the team has brought up in the game notes that I've adopted in. And then there have been things like there was one point in the season when we were about midway through the season. And I noticed that, wow, we're actually leading the NBA in, in bench rebounding. And I, you know what I had no idea so I brought it up on a broadcast and well sure enough the next uh, after the ne- after that game the next time the game notes came out it was in the game notes so wow. sometimes the team picks up things off me and, and most of the time I pick up things off of them
1: yeah that's fun i love love hearing all that uh behind the scenes stuff and yeah how you come up with all those things and yeah there's so many so many interesting elements of like a broadcast like this that, that are really fun to learn about so
0: one of my favorite ones from this season i think it was when you were or you weren't in new york the team was in new york this year and it was a list of the teams that have never had a player that hit 203s in a season i thought that was a really great <laughs> stat i loved hearing about that
3: <laughs> yeah well sometimes jim comes up with some of those things too so it's a it's a big collective effort. And, you know, I'm fortunate that I work with uh, great people, you know, obviously Jim being the, the, the you know, biggest uh, contributor to all that. Uh, he's just phenomenal, but we have a lot of people behind the scenes that do a great job um, from both the Timberwolves side and the belly sports side. Um, so it's uh, I'm fortunate in that regard that there, there are a lot of people that are really talented. In fact, we had a guy because there's so much overlap right now, um, with the Twins and the Wild and the Timberwolves all going at the same time, um, they, the Valley Sports actually had to bring in some freelance people to kind of help out with some of the things. We had a guy work a game the other day that is in from New York, and he works on some of the Yankees broadcasts with uh, Yes Network. And he uh, he actually seemed surprised. He was like, wow, he's like, your, your guy's crew is really good. Like, you guys are, you know, you're you're on point. And I was like, what would you think? We, you know, we're in Minnesota, so we're going to be a- – you know, not good at our job. <laughs> but um, so it's kind of a backhanded compliment. But, you know, it's uh, it's definitely a testament to the fact that we really do have top notch people, you know, from uh, on the on the camera to behind the camera to working in the you know, team in the front office that are really fantastic to help make the broadcast shine
1: nice that's good that's awesome to hear um, well yeah we've got you for a few more minutes here so we want to um, switch off with some things from this season and uh, I want there's some you know again we've been watching you and listening to you for such a long time and there's some things I've wanted to talk to you about for a our, for our minute here so I'm wondering if you could uh, uh, you know teach us a little more about some of these other things from your life and the first thing I want to talk about is uh, working out with a trainer named Frank uh, matriciano like, I'm not probably uh, you
3: had it right you had it right <laughs> before we recorded Matrosano, Yeah. I, I, I didn't know how to say it. I yeah. didn't know how to say it when I first read it the first time either, but yeah, Frank Matrosano. Yeah. Uh, he likes to call himself, um, uh, hell's trainer. He was actually, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. There was a fitness magazine that wrote something about him and they, they dubbed him hell's trainer. So he kind of has adopted that a little bit, but, uh, he is just, um, He's not he, he some some people have called him very lovingly crazy, Frank, because of yeah. all the stuff that he does. It's like, you know, his his workout ideas that he comes up with sometimes are really unique. Um, you know, I've done everything from run Sandhills with him to work out, you know, on uh, workout on zip line, uh, play, you know, sets at a kid's park with him. Um, so, you know, it's, he he really has a unique way of uh, finding different workouts and and also challenging you and challenging you to be able to maximize your body and, and make your you know make your body do things that you're not used to I've been working out with him for God I think this coming summer I'll work out with him again it'll be six years so wow. I've been, so you've been with doing him a number for of years a long time. Because yeah, he, he,
1: he got on our radar just because um, you know one summer he you know he was he was training Shabazz Muhammad and Anthony Bennett, and then right. I found that you guys did a a clip together. You guys did like a little video package together um, for the Ten Network, and I guess I'm wondering if like that's when you started with him, or like when it was the Shabazz A B thing. Like, is that what got you into knowing about him, or did you know about him before? And you, just no, then, yeah, the, like I want the hit. timeline of it.
3: Yeah, no, you nailed it. Yeah, when Shabazz um, and A.B. and Roni Turioff um, worked out with him that summer. So that would have been... So I think it would have been... Summer of 14 or maybe 15. Yeah. I gotta go back and think. But I think it so it was um, I think it was probably the summer of so Shabazz was drafted in 13. Yeah, him and Gorgie with so probably it was probably the summer of 14. God, does that mean I'm coming up on seven years with Frank? <laughs> this will That's be crazy. seven.
1: This will be seven.
3: Yeah, so um, so I went and did a story on Frank in LA. And he found out So I spent a lot of time in the Bay Area during the off offseason um, because my son lives there year round with his mom. So I go back. I spend, you know, quite a bit of my summers back in the Bay Area. Um, so that's where Frank is based. He was in L.A. when he was training um, Rony and Shabazz and A.B., And then he told me when I did the story on him for Wolves Weekly that he was going to be going back up to the Bay Area, That's that that was really where he was from. And I was like, well, I'm going to be in the Bay Area. Somebody's like, come work out with us. So (laughs) I started working out with him. And, you know, honestly, Frank has changed my life, man. I mean, I always thought I was in decent shape. And, you know, but... I get into just the most incredible shape during the summer when I'm with him. And I basically treat working out with him like it's my job. And it's, you know, I I work out with him four or five days a week. And sometimes the the workouts are two and a half hours. And, you know, I've worked out with uh, a number of NBA athletes last year. Trey Young and I, like, you know, for a quick minute, we're we're hanging out together. Um, And, you know, Von Miller's been a regular. So I've gotten to know Von pretty well. Uh, Demontre Moore, who's uh, a lot of football guys, actually, believe it or not, because they're all gearing up to get ready for their training camp during the summer. So there have been a lot more football guys than necessarily NBA guys. But, um, you know, I have worked out with a bunch of basketball guys, a lot of overseas guys. Hilton Armstrong, who was a fantastic college player at UConn and, you know, with some NBA teams. hes He's been a regular. Um, so it's just been—it's been a great experience. And the thing I love about it is, you know, when I get a chance to work out with these guys, I get a chance to know them in a different way. And then when I do see them during the course of a season, like Solomon Hill, who is, I don't even know where Solomon now he was, he was in new Orleans and yeah, I know sure he was, this year, but yeah, I know he's still in the league because he does in fact, he's, he's a rotation guy for somebody, but he's bounced around so much. Um, but, you know, so when I see these guys, it's, you know, they, they don't even look at me as being a broadcaster. They look at me as, you know, it's like, they, it's like a certain amount of respect because I'm getting out there doing the same workouts that they're doing. And, and I'm like an twice their age. I'm twice their age. And I have half, the, not even half, I have 10% of the athletic ability they have. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a matter of it, it's mind over matter for me to go out there and, and do these things. I'm just trying to cheat father time, man. That's my end game. My end game is I just, you know, I'm about to be 52 and I don't want to be 52. I want to still be 22. And, you know, that's uh, that, that's my end game. I'm just trying to be as healthy as I can for as long as I can.
1: That's great. Well, you look great and that's uh, good to hear that changed your life and made you feel great. I mean, what's like, you mentioned the unconventional methods. Uh, what's like uh, something that really sticks out in your mind is like a really strange, like workout or really weird place you had to do, or like a, just a drill that you wouldn't believe you'd ever be doing. Is there, is there something okay. like that that really sticks, well, the sticks hardest,
3: out? The hardest drill, first of all, if you if you looked at his workouts just were looking at them you'd be like oh that is nothing and i could totally do that and, <laughs> and i i get it. it aesthetically or optically it doesn't look challenging it's like okay whatever what are these guys doing But go do what he's having you do and good luck getting through it like the hardest thing that i hate doing is when we go to we go to run the beach and then there's the sand hill that we have to run up and you're running like up a sand hill that's probably a you know 40 degree angle or something. And it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty steep hill and you got to sprint up it and the sand is just coming down under your feet. It's, you know, you're taking, you're doing five steps to move, you know, three feet up the hill. um, And you, and he's yelling at you to sprint up it. And then, you know, you do that a few times and then he breaks out like a ski rope and he'll hold the ski rope about, you know, maybe two feet off the ground. And maybe 18 inches and and in a half to two feet off the ground, he holds a ski rope. And then you have to jump laterally from side to side. And the ski rope is probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 yards. And now nah, maybe 50 yards, is a little long. It's probably, that's probably not that long. It's probably, uh, it's probably like maybe 30 yards, but uh, maybe a hundred feet. So, but you gotta, you gotta jump laterally side to side over the ski rope and like, you know, do it quick and then sprint up the sandhills. Like, that is just, man, I just, whenever I see him get the ski rope out of the trunk, I'm like, oh, man, it's going (laughs) to be a long day. (laughs) That's
1: amazing. And everything's tougher in the sand. That's the thing you don't really realize, right? Like, just like even jumping up off, off, you know, sort of unsolid ground like that. That's that's difficult. And, yeah, I can imagine how all this stuff looks easy. Then it gets amplified when you bring in the sand uh, element of everything. That is, uh, that's intense. That's incredible. You've been training with him for a long time. We'll uh, put uh, the link to that uh, bit you did with A.B. and Shabazz. In the in the show notes to this episode, so people can go check it out, see where it all began with Dave Benz. Right, one more thing here, Dave. Um, we think uh, that you know you're very into pronunciation. I mean, you're a professional NBA broadcaster. Uh, you like to get the names right. You like to talk about the pronunciation guide. I Remember a few years ago, you had an idea of having um, you know players say their names as uh, you know as a way that uh, so that hey, we can never get this wrong again. It's even better than a, a written out pronunciation guide. It's it's the literal player themselves saying the name and um, uh, you know I think there's something new this year where they have something like that maybe not, not video but did you ever get to like pitch that to Adam Silver the league and and sort of where does all the pronunciation stuff come from and where do you think things are right now as far as broadcasters around the league trying to figure out how to say everyone's name are we in a good place as far as the resources to get everyone's name right
3: uh, we could be in a better place you know and I'll, and I'll <laughs> tell you there are certain. it's funny that you're saying this I was actually thinking to myself uh, after the game last night, like I'm so happy that we only had to do one game with Rodion Scruitz or I can't even <laughs> – like I just – I was like, I don't want to say this guy's name. There's certain guys I just don't want to say their name. You know, right, it's right. just – it, and that one's not even that hard. But, um, you know, it, it, it's it, – obviously with the league going international, it's just part of what you got to do. And uh, it could, are we in a great place? I think we could be in a better place. Um, you know, that uh, if there is a guide, then, you know, something more than me, if there's a, 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 a uh, an audio file that I can access with players saying it, I did pitch that to Adam a couple of years ago when we were in Las Vegas for the summer meetings and he loved the idea, but I, it never, to my knowledge happened. So I would still love to see that happen. And, you know, that's the other thing, going back to your original thing with me now, not being able to access the players, it's a lot harder for, you know, I, I would in the past, go and, you know, ask Nemanja yeah, Bielitsa, how do you say your name? And I would record it. And I actually, when when Belly was on the team, I actually had him saying his name as my ringtone on my phone for a little while. I felt like, I needed to know how to say it. And the same thing with Giannis. I got Giannis, and I still have the video. I, I actually shot Giannis as a video. I've got him, you know, saying Giannis Tecumpo And that's, you know, so I've said it that way ever since. And I've heard people say it a million different ways. And even the Bucks announcers and Jim Paskey has been doing it a long time. And I really think highly of Jim. And I'm not saying that he's wrong, but he doesn't say it's kumpo. He says like a dead a kumpo, which is the way that I've seen it spelled out phonetically. And, you know, well, listen, I'm taking it. If I can get it from the horse's mouth, I'm taking it from the horse's mouth. But they tell me that's what I'm going with. And, you know, I don't care what anybody else tells me. I got the player themselves telling me how to say it. That's what I'm going with.
1: Yeah, Scott and I were just talking about the instance uh, the other night in Boston, right, Scott? Yeah,
0: yeah. I was. Tim uh, Timberwolves Reddit. I mean, this is something we see on Reddit a lot: is people listening to other teams' broadcasters and then, be, or other teams listening to you guys and being like, "Wow, your broadcast is really good." Or our fans listening to other broadcasters and being like, "They said the Boston announcers apparently weren't keeping straight who Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels were. They were like confusing their names and stuff like that." And then some people were complaining about how they were pronouncing Jo's name, Josh Okoji. They were saying, and Neil and I looked in the media guide. I don't know if this is something that's always been in the media guide, but we noticed that there was a pronunciation guide in the media guide this year from the Timberwolves, and they recommended it's pronounced Okoji. And so that's something that Neil and I have always been like, is it Josh Okoji? Is it Josh Okoji? But either way, I was like, well, that one's on the media guide because it says to pronounce it Okoji. So. Yeah, it harkens well, back to the Gorgie uh, versus see, Gorgie. I can't
3: even. I can't even read those pronunciation things though, man. Cause it's like, I don't know if it's, is it G E E or how do they have it in
2: there? Yeah, I mean, some yeah.
3: people might look at saying that's G and other people might say, no, that's, that's, uh, that's G, G. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, the, 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 the visual pronunciation guides are, are, I'm awful at them. And I think they're open their interpretation. So, I, so that's why I need an audio pronunciation.
0: Yeah, that would take care of that, especially the, coming straight from the player's mouth. The audio thing, I mean, it just
1: sounds so simple. It's, it's amazing that you you pitched it to Adam Silver. But you just, I mean, I've, I've been to a, a media day before, you know, covering the links and, and wolves and stuff. And it's just like, they go to all these little stations, right? To like do these little hits for radio and TV and all this stuff. Why couldn't there be a station where they sit down for 10 seconds, look into the camera and say their name once? Like, it just seems easy enough to get it on media day at the beginning of the year then you have it for everybody and uh, then they're even probably good for their entire career at that point, right? You don't even need to do it every year they just gotta do it once in their career and then that's it yeah. so it seems like something that could be done but again it's it's something that uh, probably you, yeah it's probably like uh, yeah, like 50 to 60 people who like really care about this,
0: right? Like, I love it's your it though job, because yeah. it's the, such a pet peeve of mine especially I saw it a lot when Giannis was starting to make a name in the league, everyone would just joke like I'm not even gonna try it or they would make jokes about his last name or everyone would just call him the Greek freak. And it's like, no, it's your job to know how to pronounce this. And also like, it's tough. But if you sit down and work at it for, like, 30 minutes, you're good. You know, it's the same thing with, you know, Bidet Makaska. You know, everyone's like, oh, I can't rename right. Lake Calhoun. I can't say this. It's like it takes, like, 15 minutes, you know. Just sit down, learn it. And it's just such a show well, of respect for players. Yeah. So I get I, really I, upset I, when people I, don't I'm like,
3: two minutes from there, and it's still Lake Calhoun. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I'm just saying there's a lot of announcers, of it, like I said, with Giannis. When a new player comes in the league and people joke about, oh, we can't possibly say this guy's name right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you guys learned y- Giannis's name. And once he became you know, so important, you couldn't just neglect him anymore. And if you can do that, you can pick up anyone's name. It's just a sign of respect, I think, you know?
3: No, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. But, I mean, you know, there's sometimes people just want to be lazy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It?
3: Very appealing.
1: <laughs> well, uh, Dave, Dave, we appreciate you taking time out of your evening to uh, join us here on Wolf's Cast and uh, talk about this season as well as some uh, some broadcasting uh, minutiae, uh, some inside baseball or basketball as it would be. And um, it's been really fun. And, uh, you know, both uh, Scott and I, I think you do a great job on the broadcast. And uh, you and Jim are so fun to listen to every single night. Thank you for the ant facts. I want to hear more. Let's keep them coming. Uh, we're going to chronicle all the ant facts and, uh, you know, really, really learned about uh, that special insect, I think, as the years go <laughs> by here with Anthony Edwards.
3: I'm glad you guys are liking the ant facts. I have so, I like, I did such a deep dive the other day. I got so, I got so many and I'm just like, you know, but it's like, I got to save some of them for the right moment. I, I let, you know, I, I let, I let a couple of uh, lesser, you know, the, the ones that I didn't think were as great go the other night. And I let two go in a minute and Jim was like, yeah, take it easy. <laughs> cool. Cool. Cool.
0: Them but, yeah. I, no, but, I, I know you're saving one for a game winner and it'll happen. You know, Ant's going to hit a game winner at
3: some point. <laughs> dude, the one I got for a game winner is epic. Like nice. I just can't, you know, and it's weird because I'm not, I'm not somebody who likes to preconceive things and have yeah. things that are contrived, but man, that kid is just so special. I was like, you know, he deserves a little something special. So, yep. I, I, you know, when when he's throwing it down the way that he's throwing it down and just making these highlight reel dunks constantly, I'm like, all right, I got to come up with something for him. So it seems like people like the FX, so I'm going to keep them rolling. Yeah, we
0: love it. We think, especially this late in the season of what's kind of a lost season, like it's super fun. You got to keep it fun. You know, people are still tuning in and it's it's okay to have fun, you know? Exactly
3: exactly thank
1: thank you for bringing the fun to the broadcast even in these uh trying times Dave Benz we really appreciate it and uh hope to have you back on the show another time but uh hope you have a great evening thank you
3: all right guys thanks so much for having me on and uh, hopefully we'll get to see each other in person again sometime soon
1: now presenting your
3: weekly
0: wolfie all right, everybody. That's right. We the Wolfies. I mean, we should all give our Wolfies for Dave Benz. That was great. Oh, let's so happy it up. to have him on the show. Yeah, Man, what a professional! You get that that, uh, that voice that you are also familiar with. That's right. That's it's now right. coming to you on the Cats pod. We should have had him read a bumper. Like you're oh. listening to Cats, the third most popular Timberwolves podcast. There we go. Something like that.
1: Someday when it's not over Zoom, yeah, we'll, that's we'll right. Do that.
0: That's right. We'll get it. <laughs> we'll have him back. You know, he's a good sport. Yes, we got was some fantastic. questions we didn't get to, so you yeah, know, we'll yeah. definitely have him back. Uh, but yeah, what Weekly Wolfies, there are awards. They go out t- for any reason. We get to choose good, bad. You know, We define the criteria, but they are awards, and we give them out every single week. So they are prestigious. And let's go ahead, Neil. Why don't you get us started?
1: All right. My Weekly Wolfie this week is... Is going to uh, well just the personalities of these Timberwolves specifically as it plays out in uh, media sessions? Uh, you know, we were reminded this week. There's been a couple of different, uh, you know, more notable little uh, little clips. You know, like you mentioned earlier in the show, we had Anthony Edwards admitting that he doesn't know who A Rod is. Uh, you know, he just is a, a fan. What <laughs> fan? Why would they be a fan of this guy who's going to buy our team? What right? So that was he didn't
0: watch baseball. He's a football guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's too young for that. He was born in like 2001. Um, so. So, yes. So, you know, that is awesome. I mean, Ant all year has been just a quotable machine and someone whose personality, I think, uh, really, really got on our radar early with the Wolves Plus interview um of Anthony Edwards. Right. That's that's where it all started. I bet I'd be a one from day one. We got so many uh, quotable lines, and so that's great to have you know someone on the team who's you know a good talker and someone that can uh, bring some levity to any situation, but. You know, there's also been other guys. You know, Carl Towns has always been someone who I think is really entertaining to talk to. If not, maybe a little too, uh, you know, a teacher's pet, as we'd say. Uh, or, I loved uh, his
0: story though about shoplifting in a Rogers that's right. with his mom. That that's was the great. other one from this it.
1: week. Yeah, he was talking about that's how big of a you know he's a big known as a Yankees fan. But thank,
0: thank God we're not like a big media market because you could see Sports Center running with a week like is it yeah, morally morally canceling. corrupt? Can't, yeah, cat stealing. You know, like yeah. but no, it's just a fun story because uh, we're not getting It's picked a up. little anecdote. Exactly. See, yeah, we
1: have that. And then, I mean, you talk about like Rubio kind of this year telling it as it is, you know, multiple times, you know, saying we're not good enough, we need to be better, all these things. And, you know, you got Josh Kogi always out here literally in the streets, you know, with the, you know, social justice reform initiatives and, you know, on Twitter and stuff. Like, I feel like he's the guy, you know, maybe, you know, besides Towns, who's like, you know, they're just in this the most. They're in it to, you know, make sure that their voices are heard and make sure that, Uh, You know, this is so you can tell it's really important to them. So it's not just about being funny and being goofy and stuff. There's also just a number of really cool personalities. And and the other thing is, you know, there's like this gift that came out last week of, uh, you know, the media talking to Nas Reed over over Zoom. And then, you know, a bunch of other guys pop in and start giving him bunny ears. Photo bombing. Yeah, photo bombing him and stuff. And it's just like you know, in past years, especially at this point of the season, everyone's chucked out, everybody's grumpy, but no. I, I like the personalities and the, and the um, you know, everyone's prevailing with a little bit of, you know, some, some levity here at this point of the year, so I like seeing that. In the I, I was just
0: thinking about this on the drive over to your place to record this pod, about how everyone, especially with their reactions to the news of the sale and everything, everyone is giving you the, the line that they have to say. You know, yes. Kat's saying it, Glenn Taylor's saying it, Finch is saying that, yep. and that's why it's so refreshing to have Rubio, a guy who is actually just telling the truth i'm not saying like cats lying to us you know in a malicious way but these guys are just they're saying what they have to say yeah. and so to have someone like rubio who's just out here being like yeah we're not a basketball team with the way we're playing defense or whatever you know yes. it's good to have a truth teller you know
1: so yeah i just wanted to give it up for the personalities on the team this year it's not always the case especially when they're bad you know they kind of you know go into their shells or whatever so it's been good this year and i hope uh, it continues on until next year and hey we still got a bunch of this season left so let's enjoy it because hopefully anthony edwards doesn't uh Get this uh, naivete beaten out of him or something, right? You can see him not being so like this yeah. going forward. Well, apparently,
0: right? he was pretty dejected this week after yes. the two terrible losses. Yes. So uh, we'll see. we don't want the losing to crush him like the it crushes everyone. Stink yeah, comes eventually for you it comes eventually. for everyone. But yeah, he's uh, this is a this award is a subtweet of Andrew Wiggins. I feel like yeah, exactly. Talk about the anti personality. Oh, so boring, devoid of personality. All right,
1: that's my Scott. What you got for Wolfie this week?
0: All right, Neil. I've decided, I've come at this from a couple different angles, and I've decided I want to give this award out of caution. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to be, you know, I'm looking out for the best interests here. Yes. I don't know if it goes to Kevin Durant. I don't know if it goes to Steve Nash, who needs to hear this. <laughs> but you know what, Neil, I love seeing Kevin Durant play. One of my favorite players, one of the awesome. greatest of this generation. And it always just feels like you're being ripped off when he's not around for the playoffs. You yeah. know, man, what a, what a bummer to not have KD in this league. The league is better for it. The playoffs are better for it when he's there. So I want Kevin Durant, I want you to be healthy, Throughout the finals, it looks like you have a good chance of going there. So let's not do this BS where you're playing in against the Timberwolves when your team is up by forty. <laughs> it's fourth quarter, up by forty. Game's been out and decided, you know, for twenty minutes uh, in game time, and and Kevin Durant's out here getting his points. And you know what? Like this is just BS because you got to protect these players better than this. We've all seen him tear his Achilles on the court. You remember when how Derek Rose blew out his knee the first time he was playing in garbage time of a playoff game, and he was Ooh. never the same after that. Pull your guys from garbage time. Kevin Durant should never play a garbage minute in his career again. I don't care if he's I, like, I mean, I guess like, I don't think he's stat. Hopefully he's not just stat hunting, you know, no. to look better. I think maybe the the most reasonable explanation be is we're trying to build up his minutes, trying to get him back. So we just wanted him to be out there. I mean, the Wolves weren't playing physical at all. So it's not <laughs> like he had any chance of getting undercut or, yeah. you know, running into someone because we had also checked out of the game. So I can understand that. But it's just like we've seen this guy suffer non-contact injuries before if there's a chance at all that he could injure himself, like, let's not have him be playing up 40, especially like the next night, you have this national game where it's the Sixers, the Nets, the battle for the number one seed, and Katie's gonna be like, nah. I can't do that. I was busy playing too many minutes against the Timberwolves the night before oh, of man. 40. So it's it's a bad look, you guys, because all it takes is, you know, we saw it happen to uh, Jalen Noel, someone to roll on your leg the wrong way, and that's it. That's your year. That's the Nets year. Yep, sorry, Nets fans. You only had KD for like two or three years, and yeah, he, he or, blew a second one, you know. so Jamal
1: Murray this week, like the last minute of the game, that was all wrapped up. Yeah, you know, take him out. You non-contact, know? just stepped, stepped on it and exploded, and that was it.
0: So that's what I'm saying. I'm not mad, KD. I, I get it. I don't want this to be coming off as re- reprimanding you, but Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, let's watch those minutes. Don't I? Like I said, Kevin Durant should never play a garbage minute in his career for the rest of it because I want this, this guy healthy and I want to see him all the way until July. We missed him for
1: so long. I feel like it's been forever since he's been in the league. So it's like we don't want to have have that happen again.
0: Right. Exactly. I don't need to see you playing minute thirty against the Timberwolves <laughs> in a forty point win. I want to see you, you know, on on the playoff stage. I want yeah, to see in the, the finals. This Nets fully healthy yeah. and giving the East Eastern Conference. It's a run for the money. You yeah, know, please, yeah. Kevin. Just think about your health.
1: There we go. That's weekly Wolfies. Time to finish this episode with a game trivia time. Let's do it, Scott. What are we doing here today on the show? Well, with
0: a nod to our fantastic guest, who I have rewarded a Wolfie in the past couple weeks for all this ant facts. Mm -hmm. We decided we'd do a little ant game, but Neil, (laughs) it's not ant trivia. This is not questions about ant facts. All right, what this game is, is I'm going to tell you an ant fact... And then you're going to tell me what context you would use it in a game, (laughs) in in an NBA basketball game. Okay, okay? cool. How I would apply it to a broadcast call. Yeah, we've heard stuff like ants have compound eyes, and ants can swim, from Dave Benz. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. here are some other ant facts. You tell me, and hopefully we're not stepping on Benz's toes, because he's been holding off some ant facts. We'll find out. But these are just some general ones. Okay, Neil? All right, let's do it. All right, let's start with this one. Uh, The bullet ant is said to have the most painful sting in the world. Ooh. Most painful sting in the world. It's a four plus on Schmidt's stain pain index, higher than anything else.
1: Oh, I got a good one for this. Um, Do I have to like do the call or whatever? No, you can just, if you want to, you can. The context would be. Ant is fouled making a three-pointer mm. because uh, for the opposing team, that is the greatest sting of all. Um, you know, whether the shot goes in or not, really, a three-shot foul or an and one from a three is like the worst play in basketball statistically. Oh, yeah. To give someone three free throws while they were just attempting a long-range shot, that stings. And so I can uh, I, I would put that one with the stinger from the from the bullet ant because you know especially if they're down um, you know that's just you know it's such a big jump to, to come back or maybe it's one of the situations where uh, maybe ant hits a shot and then steals the inbound pass Ooh, and like dunk yeah. it or gets fouled or something so it's like a five or six point like like a possession or yeah, something so I'm about it. in a really big like turn of points um, swinging points or yeah maybe an and one from three that that's what I would go with with the stinger.
0: Awesome, I love it. Next up, Neil. I've got so many different facts, uh, but I'm just going to keep a couple here. Yes, uh, here. ants have jobs. Neil. <laughs> they have. It's funny because male ants don't really have jobs. Their job is just to impregnate the queen or whatever. Uh, but female ants, there it's a caste system. They've got all these different jobs that they do in the in the colony, keeping the ant hill running. So ants have jobs.
1: Wow, ants have jobs. I got a couple things in my head. I'm trying to think about how it would uh, play out on the floor, huh? Ants have jobs. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really Anthony Edwards' job to uh, make shots, uh, to play defense, you know, do some basic things on the on the floor. But I think it would be really fun if there was. Um, I guess it, it it could still happen this year, but I think it'd be fun if we could see some sort of, uh, you know, some some rookie some rookie uh, work or some rookie uh, like uh, hazing type of things that might be happening. Like maybe a shot of like Anthony Edwards walking in the building and Ooh. he's got donuts. I like or it. Or he's got you know. He has to, like, wear the backpack, like the Dora backpack or whatever, like um, something like that, where it's like, yeah, 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 you're you're a rookie here. Get to the coffees for the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how that would work into the broadcast, but I feel like there's some way where we could show that, you know, Ants is doing this because he's a rookie and because he has to, um, you know, just earn his stripes this way. And so Ants have jobs. They got to, you know, grab the the laundry or or whatever it is. So I I would tie it in that kind of way.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's not what I was thinking. I was thinking of something like he hits a big shot, and Ben's would be like, "Ants have jobs, and ant's job is to hit big shots." or something <laughs> yeah. like that, you know. There's lots of
1: ways you can go exactly. on the court, grabbing a rebound, getting a
0: block. Who knows? All right, a couple of physical things about ants, Neil. Ants don't have ears. Instead, they, quote, hear by feeling vibrations in the ground with special sensors just below their knees.
1: Ooh, ants don't have ears. Yes. Ants don't feel have feel vibrations,
0: ears. so they don't have ears.
1: Yeah. Um, hmm. ants don't have ears could be one where, um, you know, you could uh, maybe maybe uh, Chris Finch is like, yo, uh, trying to get someone to call timeout, but instead ant keeps the ball because the other team heard him call timeout too. But until it happens, you got to keep playing. Play to the whistle. And uh, instead, he gets a quick dunk or something like that, right? So it's like, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a little trick play potentially. You'll see it sometimes where it's like, you know, the the players trying to get across the timeline to be able to call time at that spot so they can inbound it from half court. Uh, but instead they kind of fake it and then like go to the hoop or whatever you know because the other team's like, all right, they're gonna call time out. We're gonna just relax here for a moment. Uh, so maybe something like that. that's kind of far-fetched, but uh, I-, I would go with that one. doesn't have ears. didn't hear his coach tell him to call time out. instead he just has a mind
0: of his own. I like it. All right, let's just do one more. Right, I feel like cool, we're, we're going yeah. out there. I've got yeah. like 15 ant facts, so maybe we'll <laughs> come back to it. Yeah, um, There's a lot to choose from. I'm going to go with this one, even though it's similar to ants don't have ears, just because okay. I like it. Ants don't have lungs. Oh. Oxygen enters through tiny holes all over their body, and carbon dioxide leaves through the same holes. They don't have lungs. Wow, that
1: is wild. I didn't know that. Uh, that is That's definitely an, an ant fact to me. Um, obviously, this one's easy. It's, uh, you know, Ant plays 48 minutes. Um, Anthony, they go into overtime and he plays over 48 minutes, maybe even. So it would be his, uh, you know, whenever he whenever he sets his personal record for like minutes played in a game, regulation or otherwise, I feel like Ants don't have lungs. That's part of it. You can just keep going, play all
0: night because, uh, you know, they don't have lungs. So
1: I think that one uh, that one kind of writes itself, right? Like that, that one fits pretty perfectly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the only other option would be like, you ever got the wind, looked like he got the wind knocked out of him, but he oh. hops back up, you can <laughs> yes. be like, you know yeah. what, he can't get winded, ants don't have lungs. That's right, he doesn't even matter. All right, well, nice. there's a lot of great ant facts, but I'll leave those for Dave Benz to oh. share with us, I don't want to step on his toes after he was such a great guest. That's right. So, I think we're going to leave it at that, everybody. Ants, though, super cool creatures, and uh, hopefully you learned a few things That's amazing,
1: that. yeah, we had uh, the ant fact man himself on the show, and then we... Finished up the episode with some Anfax. Uh, that is very cool. Nice game, Scott. Uh, but yeah, hope you enjoyed uh, this special edition of cast where we have a guest. We've be been trying to do that at all of the quarter markers of this season. And um, we're glad to have Dave Benz on the show. Hopefully it's the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Where we have him on annually. Uh, because uh, I think he's a pretty interesting guy, and he's been around a lot of different sports situations and stuff. So, oh, uh, we just scratched the surface of yeah, the questions going. we had. We had so many yeah. more we
0: wanted to pick his mind on. Yeah. We had a limited time, so right. we'll try to get him back, maybe even have him in the studio once we yeah. can all be in the That's same Dave. rooms together again. That'd be great. So. That'd
1: be great. But, yeah, thank you to Dave for being on the show. Thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in to us this late in the season. Things are rough out there, but you're still here. You're still listening. We appreciate that very much. And, uh, yeah, we will I'll be back next week with another episode of Cast. We'll catch you then. Goodbye.
3: Edwards gets through Ooh. the paint, and ants can't swim, and he swam through the paint in the defense that time. The ant won opportunity. Ants can't swim? They can swim. Oh, they can swim. Yes, they can. <laughs> no, I've seen them. I thought you said they can't swim. No, they can. Ants can't <laughs> swim. How, where are you getting your ant facts, by the way? Google. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot of ant facts. You did that. You did your research, and you keep springing them on us. Edwards, step back three by Edwards is good. And Ants in. can't sting, and man, he's brought it here tonight. Ants can't sting, but they can bite. Is that what you they said? Can't sting. You keep thinking <laughs> I say can't when I say can. You gotta enunciate better, dude. <laughs> Why would I say
2: can't? I love your ant facts, though. Why why would I be saying can't? I don't (laughs) know.